you remember that. Tells you how far back we go. By the way, our teens, when they get in here next service, they'll go, what? You know? It, it was a real catchy song that all the girls were singing. You know the song. Matter of fact, if you know it, just kind of sing along. I am woman, hear me roar. The number is too big to ignore. Got it? I am strong. Invisible, I am woman, you know? And all of these kids in my junior high and high school were singing a song, you know? The problem with the song, by the way, it became the national anthem for the feminist movement for, I guess, still to this day. The problem with the song and the problem with the lyrics is they're about 35, 30, 32 to 3,500 years too late. You want to talk about a strong woman. You want to talk about a woman who's got it together. You want to talk about a woman who's got it going on. Turn to Proverbs chapter 31. Now we're starting a new sermon series entitled uh, Desperate House Lives. We're going to talk about family, practical help for the family. And uh, last year we kind of really nailed the guys. Ladies, this year you're going to kind of be in the you're going to kind of be in the crosshairs of the messages we kind of help make our homes. And so we're going to talk about desperate house lives. It's really kind of a spinoff a little bit of desperate housewives. The setting of the show is a street in Westeria Lane and in a fictional American town of Fairview in Eagle Street. It follows the lives of a group of women seen through the eyes of their dead neighbor. I don't get all this and I don't watch the show. But they work through domestic struggles and family life while facing secrets and crimes and, and mysteries that hidden, are hidden behind the door. The premise of the, the, the show is that basically everything looks perfect on Wisteria Lane. You got perfect looking women in perfect looking homes having seemingly perfect looking lives. But behind the doors they are dysfunctional. Behind the doors they're conflicted. Behind the doors, they're misguided and not anchored in anything of value. It stands in stark contrast to Proverbs 31. Matter of fact, those women stand in contrast to the Proverbs 31 wife that's listed here or mentioned here in Proverbs chapter 31. This wisdom book of Proverbs opens in chapter 1 with a father telling his son to avoid adulterous and foolish women. Proverbs closes with a mother, look at verse 1, teaching her son to seek out and marry a godly and wise woman. The mom makes a point to her son that if you want a Proverbs 31 wife, you got to live a Proverbs 31 life. And the chapter is written for the women and the wife. However, we need to know, we all need to know that we all need to be living this Proverbs 31 life. So let's make some assumptions about this Proverbs 31 life in light. Life <laughs> and, and wife, all right? Let's make some assumptions. She and it is not perfect. Nowhere does the Bible say that the Proverbs 31 wife is perfect. Doesn't say that. Not only does it say that her life isn't perfect, her marriage and her kids aren't perfect. 
I would imagine she struggles with a stubborn man, just like you ladies struggle with a stubborn man. Amen? Ah, the ladies are with me now. Get him preach, yeah. Her business ventures has issues, just like anybody else in business. And by the way, a Proverbs 31 woman is not superwoman. All right? Now, you're going to read this and you go, my goodness, I've heard this sermon before. This girl is like superwoman. No, she's not superwoman. Superwoman has no time for God. Superwoman is always trying to save the day. And superwoman is, uh, always carries around the burden of trying to be perfect. And by the way, guys... Except for my wife, nobody is married to a perfect woman. I was over there by Tammy and Aaron watching the video. When that guy said, let's go buy the vacuum cleaner, I just said under my breath, but they heard me. I said, that is so Mike Trimble, you know? I'm trying to get out of the doghouse of which I live. Listen, the Proverbs 31 life and wife is not about being perfect. It's about being godly, and it's about being wise. It's about biblical godliness and biblical wisdom. Now, make no mistake, a Proverbs 31 wife isn't perfect, but she is a strong woman. She is a godly woman. She is a wise woman. She has, the Bible describes her in Proverbs 31 as she is, she is um, an aristocrat. She's sophisticated. She's financially astute. She has multi-stream incomes from real estate, vineyards, fashion design, and mercantile businesses. She handles her domestic affairs well. She always lives life with an open hand and with charity towards others. This Proverbs 31 woman, guys was a keeper of the home, but she was not a stayer of the home mom. You cannot do what this woman does and be a stayer at home mom. But she was a keeper of home. Now, God, is not, God does not anywhere say, ladies, you cannot have a career. It's just saying that in the priority of things, the home comes before career, Right? So you be a keeper of the home, but you don't have to be a stare of the home as long as being the keeper of the home comes first. Well, Proverbs 31, I got to hurry. This is a Proverbs 31 wife and a Proverbs 31 life. If you want to live it, if you want to have it, you got to recognize several things. There are eight things. This is beautiful, poetic language. First of all, you got to live a life of godliness and wisdom, and it has great value. Matter of fact, I'm not going to read the verses every time, but verse 10 says, a wife of noble character. That word character has a king's ring to it. It's a word of nobility. It was used for those who were very well-to-do and very well-connected. I want you to understand, this is a sophisticated lady. She's just not some street tramp. She is a sophisticated lady. 
in her dealings with people, in her dealings with business, in her interactions in life. She is a sophisticated lady, and she carries herself nobly. And if you find a woman who walks in godliness and wisdom, the Bible says her value is far above rubies. That's the diamond of our day. In other words, she is more precious and more valued than the most expensive jewelry you can find Hey, listen, she doesn't wear the plastic bling on her finger, guys. This lady's worth is tangible. Or you can't claim her as an as a asset on, on, your, on your portfolios, but I'm telling you, her price is far above jewels. And the Bible just simply says that you, you live with godliness if you want to be this Proverbs 31 person, you live this Proverbs 31 life, that you've got to live with godliness and wisdom. The writer urged his readers to recognize the reward of faithful diligence and kindness of living such a life. She, along with her husband, just glance at verse 23, would be honored publicly for her godliness and for her wisdom. In this text, the husband gets the praise, not because he's a better man, but because he married a better woman. And because he married a better woman, that better woman made him a better man. And when you find that kind of woman that makes you a better man, then her price is far above rubies. Gentlemen, you should have shouted right there. The virtues, it's too late now. You know, it's kind of like... Not only was it too late, it was too late with a pause in between, you know? It's like, amen, you know. Jeff will be available for marital counseling this week and all throughout the series. By the way, if you look at the last verse, verse 31, she's honored at the gate. This isn't normally done in Jewish culture. It was the men who sit at the gate. It was the men who conducted the affairs. It was the men who handled the business and the political dealings of the day. And business was exchanged at the city gate. It was a men's world. And yet it was this woman whose name was invoked. It was this woman who received praise. It was this woman who crashed through that glass ceiling. And she was praised at the city gate. That's huge. Again, the man was a better man because he married a better woman. The virtues of a noble wife are those that are extolled throughout the book of Proverbs. Hard work, wise investments, good use of time, planning ahead, care for others, respect of one's spouse, ability to share godly value with others, wise counsel, godly fear, worship, trust, service, obedience. As Proverbs has stated repeatedly, these are qualities that lead to honor, praise, success, personal dignity and worth and enjoyment of life. In the face of the adulterous temptations mentioned in Proverbs, it is fitting that the book concludes by extolling the virtues of a godly and wise wife and life. The writer now adds an amen to what the husband, King Lemuel, has said, and it's true. A woman may have charm. By the way, look at verse 30. A woman may have charm, and it's okay. God is not saying, ladies, don't be charmful. Be charming. And beauty is fleeting. He's not saying that, guys, you got to marry an ugly woman. That's not what he's saying at all. You ought to tell your wife she's beautiful. Amen, ladies? 
Pause, pause, pause. Yeah, I know. I'm waiting, Bob. You ought to tell it. It's not say, he's, saying, he's not saying don't be attracted to somebody who has beauty and charm. He's saying that the ultimate reason that you marry someone is not because of beauty and charm, but it's because of godliness and wisdom. Because at the end of the day, charm will fade. At the end of the day, gravity wrinkles, stuff just takes over. Hair goes gray. Or in my case, hair just goes, you know. And so he said, charm and beauty will fade, but godliness and wisdom just keeps building up in this reservoir, keeps building up and gets beautiful and more beautiful as time goes by. Live a life of godliness and wisdom. Number two is live a life that benefits others. Look at verses 11 and 12 and 28 and 29. It almost seems out of touch in our what's in it for me culture. That we say that you live your life, or Proverbs 31, wife and life, lives life to benefit others. Verse 11, look at it. It says, the husband has full confidence in his wife in every area of life. He trusts her good sense, her fidelity, her industry. Verse 11, the latter part emphasizes, the latter part, the house lacks nothing of value. Verse 12 similarly states that she is a continual source of benefits. Ladies, you ought to amen right there. You ought to have that verse memorized. Look at verse 12. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Go ahead, ladies, turn to your husband and say, I am a blessing to you. Go ahead. Guys, don't say anything, but yes, you are, baby. Yes, you are. This kind of woman's an asset, not a liability to her husband, because good comes to him, and that good is directly attributed to the wife. Not to his skill, not to his balance, but to his wife's desire to be a blessing to others. Because of this, her children bless her. And because of this, her husband prays her. Look at verse 28 and 29. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Now listen the way that the husband praises his wife. Matter of fact, fellas, just go ahead and do this. Just trust me on this one. Bob, you too. Put your arm around your honey right now. Give her a good squeeze. Look at Some of you are going, man, I didn't come to church for this today. <laughs> look at her in the eyes. If she's only got one good one, look at her in the eye. <laughs> Told you. Are you looking at her now? Repeat after me. Many women do noble things. But you surpass them all. <laughs> and there's none of us who do not doubt that for a minute, Bob. <laughs> do you understand that in our English language, the wife probably didn't get too jazzed up about more than any other noble women you do, you surpass them all? But I'll tell you what, 
You just walk in unannounced, give her a big hug, give her a big kiss, and you just start telling her those things that you love about her. When you finally get her from an unconscious state... Randy just went, oh, me. (laughs) I'm telling you. It's in the Bible, guys. Do it. Do it. Her price is far above rubies. You know, God created the ladies in Genesis 2, guys, because he knew we couldn't make it on our own. Most of us can't even find our socks, let alone make it on our own. Am I right? Man. McDonald stays in business because guys don't know. I'm one of those guys, don't know how to cook. Tago, you feed the kids, I'll be right back. Listen, live your life to benefit others. Let me give you number three. Live a life that enjoys good work. Look at verses 13 through 19. Look at all of the things this lady does. She was an entrepreneurial. She was very business savvy. She was, man, she had just a list of things that she did and that she did well. Yes, she was a keeper of her home. You can't deny that. We'll look at that in just a second. But man, she was also a woman who was savvy in business. She had all of these things going on. The woman, the wife, your, your woman, your wife. Man, she works hard, don't you, ladies? You say, well, what would you do all day? You know, you go to work. You sit there at a computer desk in a clean environment. If your wife is a stay-at-home mom, you go off to work, and you either work in a clean plant, clean environment, sit down at a computer desk, Doing your thing, doing your job. Your wife is changing your children's dirty bottom. She's cleaning up Cheerios that your child spelt on the floor. She's vacuuming the rug that your child and your dog, and she didn't really want your dog, but the dog came with you, and so she took the dog with you. And by the way, she likes the dog now better than she likes you. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This, your wife works hard. A Proverbs 31 life not only works hard, but they enjoy good work. They enjoy work. Now you say, well, I really don't enjoy what I do. I would say most of it, you may not enjoy what you do, but most of us enjoy working. Retirement terrifies me. It really does. You mean I get to sit around all day and do nothing if I want to? You might as well just shoot me. I got to have something to do. If I don't have something to do, I... So God gave me you, and I've got something to do all the time. Live a life that enjoys work. Live a life next that. Live a life that goes to those less fortunate or that gives to those less fortunate than you. Look at verse 20 and verse 26. Verse 20 says, so she opens her arms to the poor. 
but extends her hand to the needy. By the way, back up to verse 15. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant's girl. Do you understand what she does? She takes care of the workers in her own household. They're there to cook for her. But she gets up and she cooks for them. She takes care of the poor and the needy. Look at verse 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is in her home. So what does she give? She gives of her, she goes, gives of her wealth. She goes through life with an open hand, giving blessings and, and blessing those and helping those who are less fortunate. But not only does she just give stuff, because sometimes we can give our stuff, and that kind of keeps us a step removed from everybody, you know? But verse 26 says she gets involved in their world and their life. She speaks wisdom into their life. She gives faithful instruction. She doesn't speak with sarcasm to, to others or to her husband. She speaks with wisdom. Wisdom is good, practical, common sense. And she gives faithful instruction that's reliable, well thought out, and it's kind when it's given. So she gives of her wealth, and then she gives of her wisdom. She lives to give. A Proverbs 31 person, Proverbs 31 life, lives to give. And then she lives confidently. Look at verse 21, the first part, and then look at verse 25, the last part. Verse 21 says, and when it snows, she has no fear for her household. The end of verse 25 says, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh when the future comes. Here's a woman that lives life confidently. She's not cowered in the corner going, oh my, what's going on? She's not worried about every little boogeyman or problem around the corner. She lives life confidently. Why? Because she knows that her trust, her faith, her life is, in, is held by someone who loves her tremendously, and that's our God and Savior in heaven. And God is always at her side. A Proverbs 31 life knows that when you walk with God, you're safely in his care. The sixth is that we live life to make a fashion statement. Bless you. Live life to make a fashion statement. By the way... Look at verse 30. Look at, we're just going to look at a couple of verses here. Look at verse 14. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. Look at verse 21, the end part of it. For all of them are clothed in scarlet. Verse 25, the verse part of it. She's clothed with strength and dignity. By the way, in what she does, guys, you might as well just give it up. Right here in verses 13 through 19, it just simply tells us that your wife likes to shop. <laughs> Fellas, just give it up and give in and just give her the credit card and say, go, you know? And that's all right. The fashion statement is not with the latest trend or what's trending. The fashion statement here is you'll see it in verse 25. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She has class and she has character. That's her clothing. Her clothing isn't running around following every new fad and every new little thought and every new little gimmick that's out there. Her life is rooted, based, grounded in the classic truth, the timeless faith of God's most holy word. She carries herself well. And she 
looks good. By the way, ladies, just for those of you who work outside the home, let me tell you, your husband, he may never say this, but I'm telling you, your husband, unless he's Bob, your husband loves for you to look good. Amen, guys? You're a little quicker on that one. I like it. And we love for you to look good. You know the seasons of life change when you go to the outlet mall or you go to the mall, you go wherever shopping with your wife, and you used to go to the sports department first. And then you'd go to the men's clothes. Now, I don't go to the sports because my kids aren't, you know, in sports and look at this body. There's nothing about this body that says sports. Thank you. Man, I start, I kind of drift to the, and I don't buy my clothes, I don't buy clothes for my wife very well. I bought her, I bought her a whole Christmas full of clothes one time, and she took every one of them back. Because I bought her the ugliest clothes that were in the mall. I did, I didn't mean to. I thought they looked good. But they weren't her color. She was a spring. Unbeknownst to me, I bought winter. Winter went back. Spring came home. I love for my wife to look good. Man, I, lo- I don't care. I-, I love for my wife to look hot. I don't want you to think my wife is hot because she ain't dressing hot for you. But man, I would love it when she dresses hot for me. Amen. Guys, don't you feel the same way? You better, amen, you better love your wife dressing hot for you. He said, dude, we are in church. You ain't supposed to talk like that. Why not? Proverbs did. She dresses sharp. But the outer garment is always with dignity and godliness and wisdom. Let me give you seven and eight real quick. Life is to be lived. To Proverbs 31, life is to be lived with an enterprising spirit. You can see that in verse 22 and in verse 24. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. She makes, verse 24, linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sasses. She's a fashion designer, man. She's making belts and sells them in the marketplace. You got her own line of clothing. Do you understand? This woman's in real estate. She's got vineyards. This woman is, is uh, going off and buying merchandise from, from merchant ships coming and going. She seeks out the best deals. She makes linens and clothes and for her children, scarlet, which dis- that describes wealth and, and prominence. And she takes care of her family. I'm telling you, this is an on-the-go woman. And then finally, she lives a life. And a Proverbs 31 life lives a life that adds value to others. Look at verse 23. Her husband is respected in the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders in the land. You look at all of that, and the guy has the privilege of sitting in the, in the city gate. And all the guys know that she sits, he sits in the city gate not because he's a good man, but because he married a better woman. Fellas, let me tell you something. If you have been married to your wife five years or more, I think I can make this statement with honesty and integrity, she ought to be a better woman today because she married you. 
And you ought to be a better man because you married her. Your wife ought to be changing, fellas. You ought to be helping her be a better person. And you, and, and you are changing because your wife is constantly helping you be a better man. Does anybody else at a restaurant tell you not to talk with your mouth full? No. She helps you. She adds value to your life. And Proverbs says, look at, drop down to verse 30 and 31. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. Give her the reward she has earned. Give her the reward she has earned. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Fellas, this means that you are proud of the lady that you married. And you're not ashamed for anybody to know that the level of your success might have something to do because you're a good man, but it has more to do that you married a better woman, a Proverbs 31 wife. So let me see if I can give you some practical advice as we kind of wrap up this. The Proverbs 31 wife and life is not a perfect not about a perfect wife and about a perfect life. It's a life built on love of God and godliness and wisdom. So single ladies, if you're here and you're single, if you want to be a Proverbs 31 wife one day, then, pro- then live a Proverbs 31 life every day. Dance with God's love and wisdom, and one day he's going to let that godly man cut in. Ladies, your heart should be so lost in God that a man must seek God first to find you. Single men, if you want to marry a Proverbs 31 wife one day, then live a Proverbs 31 life and stay away from the Proverbs 5 woman. She's an adulteress. She'll take you down. The Proverbs 31 wife lifts you up. At the end of the day, Proverbs 5, you got nothing because of that woman. In Proverbs 31, you have everything because of that woman. Married folk, if you don't have a Proverbs 31 home, work on it. Work to add godliness and wisdom in every area of your life. It'll take work. It'll take hard work. It'll take time. It'll take lots of times. There are no shortcuts to it or around it. But a Proverbs 31 home is absolutely worth it. And then if you have a Proverbs 31 home, don't take it for granted. Because the moment you get your eyes off of our God... Things will begin to spiral out of control. If you've got a Proverbs 31 home, value it for its price is far beyond the richest jewels that this world has to offer. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Would you, would you just pray with me? Would, would you right now just commit to praying and being a Psalm 31 person? That you would live a Psalm 31 li- or Proverbs 31 life. That you would commit to being a Proverbs 31 person. That you would embrace all that this passage has to offer for us. And ladies, you'll take it to heart. And you'll do like King Lemuel's mom. You'll teach your children that this is the kind, especially your 
gentleman in your home. This is the kind of young lady you need to look for to marry. Proverbs 31 life. Proverbs 31 wife. You don't get that way overnight. Matter of fact, why not right where you sit? Can we all just pray together that we would live the Proverbs 31 life? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth of God's word. I thank you that it's so practical.